What's up, folks? This is Boomer Memes. You're listening to a brand new episode. I, of course, am your host, as always, Ian Sharp, and I want to thank you for tuning in and, you know, enjoying the episode. I, I hope it's going to be a good one. I am in a much, much better mood than I was last week, so there's that. We can all feel better about that. Although I am recording this late Wednesday night as opposed to Monday right after work because despite feeling in a better mood, it's taken a lot of motivation to get this one together, guys. But we're here. We did it. And uh, I hope you guys uh, can dig it. So, uh, yeah, lots to talk about. But first, let's go ahead and get the plugs out of the way. Of course, I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 22nd. Next week, on on March 29th, Jack Brown's. I'm bringing Metal Bingo back, guys. It's going to be a good time. Come out to Jack Brown's. It's on Patton Parkway. I messed that up last time, but that's where it's at. Go to Patton Parkway, downtown Chattanooga. Come over to Jack Brown's Burger Bar. I think that's the full official title. Jack Brown's. Um, And listen to some metal and fill out a little card and win some prizes. It's going to be great. Also coming up. I can't reveal any details about this yet, but I've been told there is a 420 show coming together. So I might have some information about that soon. Stay tuned to the show, and I'll be happy to spill the beans when there are beans to spill. But yeah, 420 show. I wonder what that's about. And May 6th at the Dark Roast. Guys, I've got a show coming together. The announcement's coming very, very soon. The lineup is almost finalized. Things are coming together on this. I've been a little stressed out about it, a little worried, but sure enough, in a pinch, under pressure, I do my best work, folks, and that's what that's what it's all about. So the show's going to be great. May 6th, tickets are going on sale very soon, so be on the lookout for that. And that's really all I've got coming up uh, on, on the horizon. Um, so yeah, as always, you can follow the show at iansharpcomedy.com. There's links to everything there, merch. Uh, I I I always forget to mention the Discord server. I do have a Discord server. It's lying mostly dormant, but hey, if you're on Discord, come and participate. Come come chat with me during my work day. It's a good time. Um, I I will correspond because it's so slow that if there's activity, I'll go in there and tell you what I think. I don't get a lot of feedback about the show. I did get some. I finally got my very first YouTube comment, guys. Apparently, I am the spitting image of John Candy. You know? John Candy. I ought to not read the comments. I ought to not not let it get to me. Uh, (laughs) But I I know, listen, I I know the situation I'm in right now. And I I am, uh, you know, going to start working to relieve it. I do believe it, it. It is, you know, hard work is warranted and. I'm going to try my best to improve my situation. But in the meantime, yeah, I guess I kind of look like John Candy. Um, I hope I'm as funny as John Candy. That would be great. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so lots lots to talk about today. A lot in the news. Um, I guess I'll start off with uh, some lighter fare. Something that isn't really super important. But this past weekend, I did go see the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Um, They were doing an early showing. Of course, this is coming out on Friday. So as you're listening to this, the movie's out now. And I have to say, go see it. It's worth your time. Even if you're not a big Dungeons and Dragons player, I think you'll get some enjoyment out of it. I think that they did a great job 
with character development and like, um, well, not necessarily character development. I don't know if there was a ton of development. I mean, definitely there's some for the main character and, and some a little bit for other characters, but um, really they did a lot of character, um, not development, but fleshing out characters, I guess is a better way to put it. Where like you really get an understanding for who these people are and they're all very unique and have their own things going for them. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was pretty entertained. I thought it was, it was pretty good. Not my favorite movie I've ever seen, but you know, it, these days I've been so let down by so many movies that it's actually nice to see a fun, you know, special effects, fantasy romp that, that, you know, with a little, with comedic flair that, uh, you know, actually does what it sets out to do and isn't just complete trite nonsense, you know. I don't want to name any names, but uh, I have been let down by quite a few movies I've been watching lately. And so it was nice, especially considering how I've been kind of not jiving with the D&D brand lately. I was able to kind of, you know, remove the stick from my ass and enjoy the movie. Um, I, I don't want to give any spoilers cause it's brand new. Like I said, this is coming out the day the movie officially releases. So I don't want to just completely ruin it for you. Um, but for those of you who are D and D nerds, there are a few little nitpicky things that I thought I should bring up just so you're, you're not sitting there scratching your head the whole time, um, about it. But the main thing is, um, Chris Pine's character, the main character, Edgen or Ed, as they just call him, he is, uh, you know, he plays a lute. And he's pretty charismatic, so he's referred to as a bard. However, he never once uses bardic magic by any means. It's all he has, He's not a, a super skilled fighter. He's kind of the face of the party. If you play certain RPGs, there's always a face character who's the main negotiator, the one who goes in and smooths over things. He's he's typically in that role. And, and not really in, in much of another way. And I like that they did this because I think that it's Matt in, especially in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, magic and spell casting is so commonplace that it's nice to kind of see it dialed back even just a little, because there's a ton of magic in this movie, guys. Don't, I'm not saying that, but it's just dialing it back just a wee bit. Um, and I, you know, I, I thought it was cool. I think though, instead of a bard, I think his true class, because, you know, it's honor among thieves. He is a thief. Technically, everyone's a thief. But for what he does and the things he's actually good at in the movie, I think he's more of a rogue. Maybe a rogue with an entertainer background. Um, and so I, I, I want to put that out there because he, you're, you're going to hear him referred to as a bard. I think he's more of a rogue. You know, he just has a proficiency with a musical instrument. That's, that's all that is. You can build that character. Um, there's also... A character, uh, Holga, who is Michelle Rodriguez, she is referred to as a barbarian, and to some degree, that's that's I could see it. I mean, she they say that she is a part of the Uthgard tribe, which is a tribe of barbarians in the Forgotten Realms lore. Um, but the main thing that barbarians do, you did not really see her do, which is go into a rage. I mean. She was pissed off a lot. She was the main sort of bruiser of the group. Um, but if you ask me, I think she showed a lot of competence with her fighting ability. Guys, I think she's a fighter and not a barbarian. I mean, I know she is, you know, as far as her, her like, I guess, background, she's a barbarian, literally. But I think as far as a class goes, like if you were to stat out a character sheet, I think she's a fighter. 
and I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Sorcerer is fine. He's a, definitely a sorcerer paladin. Definitely a paladin, although he didn't show any sort of, like, religious devotion. I mean, he definitely had devotion, and it was definitely a, you know, a very fun character. Probably my favorite character in the movie, if I'm being honest, was the, the paladin. Um, also, the um, the druid was very druidic, uh, but only in one way, and that's all she did was wild shape, which honestly, I think is a better feature to do to build druids around rather than making them another caster with a big list of spells and a big list of wild shapes. What about a class that focuses on the wild shapes and makes that the main sort of thing? And they're, you know, and then you, they can do it more often and do it for longer periods of time as opposed to balancing that with the already overcomplicated and cumbersome spell system of Dungeons and Dragons. So I kind of like the movie version of the Druid better than the, the book version. Um, I do think that it's it's a great example if you're like new to the game and you want to learn uh, kind of some some good, you know, mechanical or I guess not mechanical, but, you know, creative uses for Wild Shape. I think that the movie does a great job of showcasing that. Uh, there's definitely a lot of Easter eggs with a lot of, uh, you know, spells and other, you know, characters in the lore that are mentioned in the background. It was a good time, guys. Uh, the jokes mostly landed. I, you know, I didn't think anything was too bad. Um, you know, definitely more on the family side of things. There was, you know, a little bit of gruffness to it. Definitely some murder there, but, you know, I, it's PG-13. Um, but all in all, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it solid 8 out of 10, I think. Maybe 8.5, thinking back on it, but, you know, that range. So, yeah, uh, this week, Boomer Memes recommends Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Go check it out, unless you're just boycotting Wizards of the Coast altogether, at which point I'm not going to say, no, 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 go see the movie anyway. I mean, do what you're going to do, but I, I liked it, and I hate everything, so I think that's worth noting. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, some uh, breaking news before I started recording. I was taking a poop and scrolling my phone, as one does, but I saw a news story that apparently dropped today that I missed. So apparently, Rick and Morty co-creator's lawsuit is dismissed, and he lashes back at canceling. This is reported by Kotaku. It was published uh, you know, about five hours ago, so right around the time I was getting off work and getting busy and at the store. So I, that's where I, why I missed this until just now. But uh, this, is, this is breaking news as of recording this. Of course, it'll be out a couple days here, but um, I'll just read the article now. It says, This January, Rick and Morty's co-creator, Justin Roiland, was charged with domestic violence against his ex-girlfriend. After the lawsuit became public, Roiland left the studio that created High on Life, while Adult Swim dropped him from the hit series Rick and Morty. Today, Roiland tweeted that the case has been dismissed and that the allegations against him were false. And he gives a screenshot of the tweet. It says all he said was justice, and then the, the longer detail is a, is a attached picture. It says... I've always known that these claims were false, and I never had any doubt that this day would come. I'm thankful that this case has been dismissed, but at the same time, I'm still deeply shaken by the horrible lies that were reported about me during this process. Most of all, I'm disappointed that so many people were so quick to judge without knowing the facts, based solely on the word of an embittered ex trying to bypass due process and have me quote-unquote canceled. That it may have succeeded, even partially, is shameful. However, now that the legal case has ended, 
I'm determined to move forward and focus both on my creative projects and restoring my good name. So that's uh, his official word on it. Apparently it had to do with a bitter ex, which, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, may, I may have to go back and listen. I may have shit on him. Uh, I, I still really, really got burnt out on his flavor of comedy. I guess I can feel better. I wasn't going to finish Rick and Morty. I was probably just going to drop it, even though I do love Dan Harmon. Uh, but now I I may go finish the last season. I just, you know, it felt weird at the time. I didn't know the facts of the case. I guess now more stuff is out. They didn't release any more specific details than that. It's still very he said, she said. And, you know, it's it's hard to, I don't want to, I don't want to come out and make too strong a statement in any direction and end up sounding like an idiot. And, you know, I, I got into a similar discussion with a friend kind of recently and we were talking about something else, but it's kind of has the same sort of thing where it's like we live in an era now where rules and acceptable things and things that we thought were normal when we were younger are changing all the time at a very rapid rate. And there's new stuff all the time that I'm supposed to be aware of, that I'm supposed to know new things that I'm supposed to accept. And listen, I'm easygoing. I want everyone to be happy so i'm not really the guy who's standing up and saying that's fucking wrong and dumb i ain't doing that no I'm, I'm usually pretty fine with it it just makes me really slow to pass judgment on things you know i didn't really speak out about justin roiland i i don't think because i didn't know i you know i don't know the details of the case the whole thing seemed kind of murky there weren't a lot of things coming out i know there's still and i'm curious to see what people have to say about um, when all this happened, uh, you know, the, the the actual legal case, there's also other reputational harm that's been done because there were tweets that were apparently released between him and girls that he knew were underage and trying to coax them into coming and hanging out with him. And if that's still, if, there's, if that still holds water, I mean, it may not have broken any laws per se, you know, who knows that if it ever went beyond texts or anything, it's still, still pretty scummy and still pretty, uh, not chill. So I don't know. I, you know, it's, I, I'm going to not voice too harsh of an opinion either way. I'm going to be a fence sitter and wait and let everything play itself out and hear what the actual facts are when those come out, if they ever come out. Um, I don't know the guy. I have no real reason to defend him other than the fact that I'm a fan of, you know, some of his work, but you know, if, if he, if he is a piece of shit, that sucks. Uh, there's nothing really else that can be said about that, but you know, hopefully he's, I hope like, you know, it's not, if, if he is a piece of shit, I hope he, he, you know, there's justice, but if he's not, um, you know, I hope that I, I think that's the best case scenario, not necessarily because yay, Justin Rowland's innocent and we all get to keep our Rick and Morty, but because that means there aren't actually victimized, more victimized people out there. I mean, there's always victimized people, but in, any less victimization that can occur is always good. So, you know, in my heart of hearts, I hope Justin is telling the truth. I hope that nothing happened. I hope that there's, you know, everything is kind of bullshit and it's just a, you know, a smear campaign. But you, who knows? I, you know, I, again, I've never met the guy. I, I wasn't there when any of this stuff happened. It's hard for me to really nail it down. I guess I'll stick with Rick and Morty. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not as jazzed about it as I was. And it's not even really the controversy. I, I, I may have mentioned this on the show before, um, but I'll go ahead and reiterate that uh, I was getting burned out anyway, because I was playing high on life. There's an episode of the show, at least one, there might be two 
where if you watch the YouTube, I used footage of me playing High on Life. And it was a pretty fun game. I mean, it was pretty simple and basic, but it was uh, really cool looking. And um, most of the NPCs you run across in the game are voiced by Justin Roiland. And holy shit, his humor is everywhere. And it really sticks out like a sore thumb when you don't have the brilliance of Dan Harmon there to assist. So just being stuck in that world for hours at a time, I got really tired of Justin Roiland. And I, I had to uninstall the game. I didn't finish it. Um, and then I switched to uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which I just beat. Uh, there, there's videos of, of me playing that that's on the show too. And I just finished it. And this episode, um, I've already, I started my night off by recording the um, video f- for this one. And it's me playing uh, Far Cry 5, which everyone tells me is great. And I'm very early into it. Um, you could see, you'll see me like fumbling around a little bit and going through menus and figuring things out, getting tutorial pop-ups. But fun game so far. I've enjoyed it. So more on this story, more I just want to get all the official stuff out and then I'll kind of comment on it as I go. According to Royland, the suit was based on the word of an embittered ex trying to bypass due process and get me canceled. He tweeted that the lawsuit had ended and that he was determined to move forward with his life and creative career. Uh, you know, we certainly hope he can, but you never know. Uh, NBC News originally reported on January 12th that a criminal complaint had been filed against the former director in May 2020 for one felony count of domestic battery with corporal injury and one felony count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. He had reportedly been arrested for these charges and pleaded guilty to two counts in October of that same year. As a result, he was placed under a protective order and forced him to surrender any firearms in his possession. You know, who knows? There might have been a ton. He might have had a, a bunker of firearms, probably just a couple. I mean, I you know, I don't know. Who knows? A spokesperson for the Orange County District Attorney's Office told Kotaku that the case was dismissed for lack of sufficient evidence to prove the case beyond reasonable doubt as a result of additional information that came to light in the investigation. Kotaku also reached out to Royland's lawyers but could not obtain a comment by the time of publication. And... Okay, that's not quite the end, but uh, yeah, yeah, on that quote that I just said there, for lack of sufficient evidence to prove the case beyond reasonable doubt as a result of additional information that came to light in the investigation. So what that tells me, um, it's a big, long run-on sentence with that that is, you know, my stupid brain is loading and buffering right now, but it sounds like, yeah, they have some evidence that this chick might not be, you know, completely honest you know i don't know i don't know you know i tell i don't they didn't share any of this with us i'm sure all of it will come out or maybe not since it's been dismissed maybe it'll all stay like a private matter and we'll never actually know the details but uh i would i would assume that if you're justin roiland you want those details out there you want you want to know you want people to know why you're you just saying hey look we won is enough but maybe you know, I mean, there's also the very strong possibility that he is still guilty uh, of doing it, but it just that the evidence fell a certain way and he won the case. And now he gets to come out and say, nope, see, I'm not, not guilty. I don't know. I, you know, again, that's just one way of looking at it. That the one potential thing it could be. It's crazy that this is this just, you know, happening today. Uh, back onto the story, though. Not long after the original news broke out, Adult Swim announced it would be cutting ties with Roiland for its most popular TV show, Rick and Morty. 
All the voices that he contributed for the show would be recast, and his co-creator, Dan Harmon, would be the sole lead through season 10. Roland also left the game studio he founded, Squanch Games, a month later after the first-person shooter High on Life had become the most popular game on Xbox's Game Pass. That's where I was playing it. Um, only I play it on PC, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. I've always known that these claims were false, and I never had any doubt that this day would come, wrote Roiland. Yeah, um, and then the top comment immediately brings up, uh, let me see if it'll give it to me. Yeah, I, yeah, top comment here says, I mean, there's still all that horrific shit of him sliding into underage girls' DMs and telling them they're hot jailbait. Also, dismissing the case for lack of ability to prosecute. I guess they tried to say does not equal exoneration. Yeah, that's what, you know, that's kind of what I was saying. Um, you know, who knows? We'll see where everything, what, what, how all this plays out, but, uh, it's just crazy news. You know, I mean, again, I hope, I hope nothing bad happened that, you know, I hope that there are no actual victims. I hope, you know, even if he was a sleazebag in DMs, I hope that's as far as it ever went. Um, cause you know, I, I, I just, I just feel like, uh, you know, the less victims out there, the better. You know, I don't really have anything funny to say about it. It's just, uh, I figured it's sort of comedy news in a way, uh, because Justin Roiland is, you know, known for putting out one of the funniest shows of the last, uh, you know, decade, I suppose. So yeah, uh, that's, that's what's going on in the world as of right now. Uh, my thoughts again, I don't know, you know, I'll probably get, you know, finish at least the season of, of Rick and Morty, probably give the next season a chance. I'm just not as enthusiastic about it as I probably would have been normally given, you know, had none of this stuff come out and had I not played high on life, uh, you know, anyway, uh, on to happier topics. Uh, I did, uh, today at work, uh, in between calls, I listened to podcasts and I got to say, I just, you know, I like to talk about comedy a lot on this show. I'm trying to be more general about it and less local. Um, but I do hope local comics are listening to this. And sometimes I don't like listening to other comedians kind of talk shop because it kind of depresses me. You know, I'm, I'm pretty far into it to, you know, but not very far along, if that makes sense. 11 years, but I'm, I'm here, you know, listening, you know, doing this. So, you know, but, Sometimes when I listen to these podcasts, it really boosts me because it explains things and puts things in a perspective that I hadn't previously considered. And it really makes me feel cool when something like that happens. And today I was listening to the flagrant podcast that came out this week with uh, the guest being Burt Kreischer. Now that's, I know that's, you know, for a lot of you comedy snobs out there, you comedy elitists, you're probably immediately going, ugh, ugh, gross. You know, but hey, listen, I, I'll tell you this. I enjoy Flagrant uh, when I listen to it. I've, I've really slowed down because it started as kind of a sports podcast and they're definitely still, they still have some roots there and they'll have a lot of guests and it, it goes in directions that I'm, I'm just not really, I, you know, there's better stuff to listen to than that. But when the guest is right, and it's kind of how I treat Rogan too. Like if the guest is right, I'm click and play. He's had a good string of them, of, of really good ones that I've been listening to. Uh, but those have just been, you know, kind of good background noise. This one actually was really like pretty informative. Um, at the very like, you know, front half of this thing, they do some serious like shop talk about how like the industry works and how, 
you know, you should approach the craft as an artist and all these things that, you know, and put it in ways that I, I kind of knew were true, but I never really, you know, knew how to put it into words or knew how to like really express it. And it just really felt like it gave me a huge boost. And so if, if you're a comedian and you want some good advice on like how to grow, like they talk about posting clips and they talk about, um, you know, a bunch of stuff. These are from very successful people. I think it's worth taking into some consideration. Now, granted, they are like, you know, already at a higher level. So I feel like their understanding of what the underground has to go through to get even close to where they are at this point is probably a little off. I think that happens. There's sort of like you get too old for technology at the same time you get too rich to understand, you know, poverty in a way or understand like the, the culture that you're no longer a part of, I guess is, is a way to put it. Like there's, you know, like if I wanted to go start a brand new metal band today, um, I don't know that any band I would start would have a chance in hell of, of a career because I'm a 40 year old man. I have very 40 year old man tastes in metal and 40 year old men are not, I mean, they do try. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot of metal <laughs> is purchased by 40 year old men and up, but it's again, a very certain type of metal. And um, I think that the really, the stuff that has the potential to really get big as a new band and really, you know, carve out a, a real career um, of playing music. I think that's, that's always been the youth culture. And so um, as far as like where metal is at with the youth culture right now, I don't really know. Like as far as like the bigger stuff, there may not be big metal right now. I don't, you know, I, I'm so out of the loop. I mean, I know that I'm, I assume Slipknot's massive, um, but I don't, I don't really count that. I'm talking about new fresh bands, like the next wave of, whatever the scene is. I know there's like been a big push to more like traditional styles of hardcore with thrash elements. You know, I, I love 200 stab wounds. They're a newer death metal band. Um, there's so much good shit out now. Come to heavy metal bingo and you'll hear a lot of the stuff I've been listening to lately, but I, you know, again, that's, I think it's so fresh and exciting, even if they are kind of doing older styles because it's younger people coming and putting their own spin on it. So um, you know, I don't know that I've got like a creative bone left in my body at this point. So I don't know that anything I do. I mean, I, I'm not saying I would never play music again. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm actually in the works on a project right now. I've hinted at before on this show. I'm not going to give any real details away, but yeah, I'm uh, very open to the idea of playing music, but it's going to be a very selfish endeavor where I'm, I'm just doing it to have fun. Like there's no I'm not quitting my job and doing a tour um, for metal anymore, probably ever again, unless the money is real right. You know, unless we just hit that nerve and everybody's like, Ian, you're old and fat now, but you're goddamn it. You're still great. And so that if that for some reason happens, then yeah, I'll chase my dreams, but probably not. If we're being completely honest here, guys, they also talk a lot about uh, writing and, and, and good writing tips. Um, I don't really want to, you know, go in and I don't know. I don't want to ex- talk about it entirely because a it was hours ago. I don't remember exactly what they said, but uh, I'm going to go back and take kind of better notes because I know it's in there. Um, but they talked about how to I don't know use story in a way to really. Um, and I've never been a storyteller comic, but I think that you know I'm a smart guy. I don't think that I'm that's beyond me. So it's it, it's really challenged me. It's really kind of made me rethink sort of my approach to 
joke writing because I've got chops. I can write chop. I can write you know zingers all day, but can I give them substance? Can I build a narrative of zingers? That's that's a really fun challenge. And you know what? If I don't ever try it, I'll never know if I can pull that off. So I, you know, let's let's start. And I'll start small. I'll start a. You know, the goal is to do a five minute one. Like just if I could do a solid five, that's one story. Uh, with with several jokes peppered in, so there's laughs all the way through. That's you know, that's the goal. So let's let's see if we can do that. I think it, I'm at the point now where, you know, that that works. I mean, I you know, I I still am gonna write stupid jokes too. I love stupid jokes as long as they're funny. That's the that's the main thing. But yeah, it's really it's really sort of uh, pushed me in a new direction. So we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm really gonna apply myself in that direction, probably for my next bit. Cause you know, I've been doing some trial and errors with some new stuff and so, some of it works and some of it doesn't, but it's nothing I'm getting super excited about, but this really kind of lit a fire under my ass. So I, I really want to start really fishing for material in a, in a deep way, in a deeper way than I probably ever have before. And, um, I'm excited to see what happens because I, I totally believe I'm capable of it. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm going to immediately sit down and start writing and just immediately churn out a first draft of gold. But it's, you know, it's, it's like saying like, okay, I don't have the muscle there yet, but I now have done some studying and I know I have a better idea of the workout regimen I need to start on to get that muscle. And so that's, that's going to be this process. And it's, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with it. Hopefully, hopefully good things, hopefully lots of laughs. That's, that's what you want. Um, yeah. I've also been thinking about, um, and this is again, I don't, I don't know how to talk about this stuff without sounding like a fucking cocky piece of shit. Right. And I think that's probably why people, you know, what the thing I was bitching about last week where I think people have this weird issue with me, I think it's because people don't like it when someone is, you know, I've always been very self-aware, I guess is a way to put it. I've always been very, you know, real with the situation that I'm in at any given time. I'm never super diluted. Right. Um, and that's, and that's, you know, definitely helpful when it's bad. Cause you can, you can immediately pick out when, you know, there's a bad quality that needs to be fixed. I'm pretty good at nailing that down on my own and looking at it and just saying, you know what, let's fucking knock this shit out. Um, but you know, honestly, if you're, if you're, if you're being true to yourself, you're being honest with yourself and you are learning to look at yourself objectively and, and, and look at yourself honestly, you're going to notice some good too. And I feel like we're not allowed to talk about that good without coming off like a dick, but at the same time, sometimes it is relevant and sometimes you need to speak up, you know, and be a, a voice of authority. Um, I've mentioned many times on this show and in conversations with probably every single person I've interacted with that I really care passionately right now about growing the Chattanooga comedy scene at least, but in general, comedy everywhere. I want there to be more comedy. I, you know, I bitched, like I said, last week about how I feel like there's people who don't like me, but you know, and I'll say this, I love comedy so much that, and I believe in it so much that I even want people, if there are people out there who are rooting for me to fail, I still want those people to succeed, you know, because it's more important than, than me. It's more important than them. It's, it's, there needs to be comedy. And I think that, that we, you know, we're not such a small market that we shouldn't have a better scene than we do. So 
I would like to see more people give it a try and then actually approach it with some real, you know, guidance, I guess. So some really good advice so that they get, they get a good start and they're not working at a disadvantage where, uh, cause I feel like a lot of the people who start now, um, they immediately start getting looked down on by their peers. And I, you know, I'm a little guilty of that too. Cause I don't, you know, I don't particularly enjoy sitting through bad comedy and most new people are bad. It's just part of it. It's just the, just the truth. It's not something that like anyone should be ashamed of. It's it, we all go through it. You know, we all have to go through those early developmental years. You know, the first time you ever sat on a two, you know, a two wheel bicycle, were you able to just start pedaling and going, or did you have to try and fall down a few times? Did you need some training wheels for a little while? Well, what I'm offering to a degree is training wheels. Uh, because I think that I have been on r slash stand up, uh, the subreddit for all, several months now. I don't know if it's been a full year yet or not, but um, I have found that, you know, there's a lot of people starting comedy in there and they just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't compute with me why people think they can go up once or twice and then want to be like, when am I ready for this? And when am I ready? Like, you're not, you're not like the fact that you even have to ask is the answer to the, how you're not, not ready. You actually are, you know, I've had other, I've had friends in real life get mad at me because, you know, I talked them into starting comedy and then they do two open mics and get booked on a real show and they get real excited and they want to come brag to me and be like, Oh, Ian, what do you think? I got booked on this show. And I'm like, that's going to be a disaster. You're going to go up there and be horrible. And now you're not going to, it's going to take forever for you to get booked again, because when people see your name on a flyer, they're going to remember that sh- that is your act. You need to develop more. Um, and that goes in line with the advice that uh, Andrew and, and Bert were giving about uh, posting clips. You know, posting clips is the way right now. It is the method. It's how you do it. Um, but the problem is, is that if you're brand new at comedy and you're posting your best clip, A, it's probably not that good yet. And then B, people will come to the show thinking that this is a sample and it's going to be a whole show of this. And then they're going to see you struggle <laughs> for most of it. And then they're going to remember that and they're, they're probably going to not follow your, not, they're not going to watch too many of your other clips and they're not going to, you know, care to come back out and see, see you and give you another chance, at least not for a long time. So there, there is, you do want to hold back. I think when you're starting, I'm getting into a lot of the specifics that I don't really want to to do, but the point in me bringing all this up is I've been thinking since I have the camera now that I'm kind of not using cause I'm waiting to build up more equipment. What I could do instead is start filming, um, shorter scripted content. And, um, the reason I bring up the subreddit is because, uh, people will post advice questions and the ones that I don't think are kind of ridiculous and that, I, you know, if I, if I don't have anything nice to say, I don't say anything. I don't go in and tell someone that, you know, you suck and you're not ready. I will, if it's relative and I think that they're onto the right track, but they aren't ready, I'll try to find the nicest way I can to, to, you know, get that point across. Like, Hey, you know, maybe you need more work or something like that. Don't usually what I say is look, just get out there, try and try and try and try. And if you're new at this for at least the first year, don't beat yourself up too badly if it's not going great. Give it, you know, two or so years 
And if you haven't had a good set in two, you know, I mean, most people I don't think have the patience to give it two years without a good set. So I, one is what I'll say. Give it a year. And after a year, if you still suck and you haven't had a good set yet, it may not be for you. You may not have found it yet. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. But um, what I what I think thinking of doing is is this shorter scripted stuff where I film it and put it out, you know, as like bonus content probably on this channel. Maybe I don't want to limit it to the Patreon because it's something I want to get out there. And um, I want to give advice. I think I could do some little advice like how to get started in comedy, how to write an effective edgy joke that isn't just, you know, offensive, uh, how to, uh, you know, how to construct a joke period. A lot of people don't understand that. You see that those questions come up a lot. So I thought I could do some, some, you know, content like that to sort of, uh, you know, help people out, give people sort of a, a fighting chance when they go to these open mics for the very first time. And obviously I'd promote it to the local scene, but I would generalize it. I wouldn't make it like, you know, go to this specific bar. I would just say like, go to every open mic you can and, you know, things like that to really kind of give people a good, a good head start. Cause you know, I, I hear a lot of comics say, well, I didn't have that, but like, you know, we all are benefiting from things that previous generations didn't have. You know, I I'm recording using software that no one taught me how to use. My dad couldn't have done podcasts because he didn't have that, that benefit. You know, he couldn't upload his thoughts to the internet like I can. So the, the idea that like, well, you know, and, and I do agree that hardship does build strength and that maybe there is some merit to learning things on your own. And, I, and I'm going to leave room for that. I'm not going to tell you like, I always try to make points like, Hey, listen, I can tell you how to write a joke, but you're going to know how I write a joke. And so all your jokes are going to sound like jokes that I would write. So that's, I'm not telling you a specific guide on how to write jokes. I'm explaining what my process is so that you can kind of understand what a process is. And then you can think about, okay, but how would it work best for me? Like I had a young comedian come recently and ask me about how I like tag my jokes and not, by, not by like tagging as in like adding new bits to the end of it to extend it and get, get an extra laugh out of it. What he meant is how do I, in my like Google drive folder where I keep everything how do I tag stuff so that when I know that I need, you know, oh, this is, I want to do a bit about sex. I can pull from here and here and here and here. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't do that at all. I just know what all my sex jokes are. I have them all like that's, that's that one. And that's that one. And then when I'm putting a, you know, an act together, I'll look at all of them and I'll go, okay, these are all about the same thing. So they're going to all go in the same area and it's going to be one big chunk, but let's find transitions between them and let's, turn it into one thing. And over time, that's, you know, I found a certain pattern that works really well and has a lot of success. And so it's pretty locked in and dialed in. Um, I think this particular comics problem is he told me he writes so much, which I wish I had that problem. I, I don't write enough. I try to write a lot and it just, it kind of comes to me when it comes to me. If I sit and do stream of consciousness stuff, I've, I can write material that, I mean, on paper looks like it should be funny, but then when I go perform it, it never usually works out. It's, it's usually stuff that comes to me when I'm uh, driving in my car with the radio off, just talking to myself, spitballing ideas. Um, usually if I'm in the shower, I get really good ideas. Um, you know, things where I'm alone and doing some sort of, you know, automatic task, I guess is a, is a way to put it. Something where I'm not like, 
having to concentrate or focus specifically. I used to write a lot when it, I had a job in a warehouse and I could just pack boxes and organize shelves and, and do things like that kind of on my own in a corner without having, uh, you know, anything really, to, you know, with very minor brief distractions. Uh, but now that I work in a call center where, you know, even I can have, you know, I think the last, you know, I had probably close to the last hour of the day without a single call today. It's a lot of spare time, but I've got the anxiety of knowing that one could come in at any moment. So if I'm sitting down and I'm writing and I've, and I've got a really good idea and then that phone rings, I'm going to get be so pissed off and then I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to put on a fake smile, even though it's, it's audio, I'm going to put on a fake smile and I'm going to say, Hey, how you doing? How can I help you today? And then I'm going to help them and they're going to need, a lot of extra stuff because I'm busy. If it, if it, if I wasn't busy and I'm just sitting here doing nothing, they're just going to need a simple, quick password reset off the phone in a minute. No big deal. But because I, I, this is time I was hoping to have, they're going to absolutely take that away from me. And, and I, I think the universe does this to me on purpose. So I've learned that it is kind of worthless for me to try to do comedy work while I'm at my actual job, even though I have downtime, uh, just because it's, it's so frustrating and I don't, it doesn't, it's not effective. Um, so that, that has really slowed me down a lot, but anyway, back to the, the comic I was talking to, um, they have so much new stuff that a, they're not polishing old stuff. They're not refining it. They're not building that type five because they always get excited about that next new joke that they want to tell and they got to make room for it somehow. So, you know, I don't want to discourage writing. I would say absolutely keep writing, even at the pace you're writing, but be slower to bring it on stage. Like it's cool that you have all these ideas, dedicate time, write, you know, a little bit every day, file these ideas away. Um, but every time you go up, record your set, go back and listen to it and see where the laughs were. Then your next set you build needs to have those same laughs spots in it. And then you can mix up the other stuff that didn't get laughs. Until you get a recording of you doing a set that every time you wanted to get a laugh, you got a laugh. And, and I mean a noticeable one. I don't mean like a couple guys chuckling because they might just be laughing at how bad it is. Sometimes that happens. So, yeah. Once And then once you have that five minutes that you know is just, you know, as good as, hey, this all of these jokes, even if they're all unrelated, they all work. Um, start going in and looking at them and saying like, okay. Um, what can I do to, to a make these flow better, make it, you know, build these transitions or what new tags can I come up with? Um, where can I, are, are these, are, are these little one-liners or these ideas I can expand out and write more stuff about, or are they, is it just the one good one-liners, you know? And then, um, once you get that five into a really great type five, by the time you get there, you'll probably be pretty tired of telling it. So you can, at that point, probably shelve it and then start working through that other material and then do repeating the process again, building your second type five. And then, you know, don't completely abandon the original one, bring it back out every now and then. Of course, if you have a very type five at this point, you're probably getting some, you know, some small show offers. That's when you want to bring that out for sure. You don't want to go work new material on a show. People are paying to see you've got that type five now. 
So you, that's, that's where you perform that. And if you feel like you're performing for the same people too much, that, you know, that really should motivate you instead of to write a novel's worth of new jokes, get that next five ready. And then once that next five is ready, now you've got a tight 10 and you repeat that same process with the, um, with the 10 minutes that you did with the original five where you're going in and re-examining it, looking at now the two five minutes together or the new part, parts where those overlap. Maybe it would actually work better if we mixed them in so it's not just this five as a block and that five as a block, but maybe do some rearranging. You never know. So that's the kind of stuff I, I think I could talk about. I think maybe not doing quite like a rant like that, but actually, like I said, make it scripted have a, a point, like do like maybe 10 to 15 minute videos where I'm just kind of explaining basic ideas, like obvious video ideas would be like, so you want to try comedy. Here's what to do. So that when you go to your first open mic, you actually at least are trying effectively and you're not just going up and being stupid. A lot of people go try comedy and they have no clue what they're actually doing. And it, it looks bad. So I thought by at least doing that, that's at least a good starting point. And then from there, go into other deep theories on the anatomy of a joke and how a joke should be structured. Uh, again, these are my theories and you may find ways like I don't, you know, I'm not successful yet. So if you have, if, if, if I go out on a spiel and post a 10 minute video of my process and you hate it and you don't like it, it goes completely against your instincts and you go do your own thing and write a joke completely against my process. And you go perform that joke and it lands and you get laughs. You're right. You did it. You, you don't need, you don't need my methods, but I think there's still benefit in hearing them because now, I mean, like probably when you were, when you decided you didn't like my methods, you were probably still thinking about them the entire time you were doing your own methods as a basis of comparison. You go, Oh, well you didn't did this. I'm doing this instead. And you're actually thinking about, your process more. And that's really, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to give you my process. I want to give you an example of a process, and then you can then use that to build your own process. So I hope that makes sense. I'm sorry to nerd out on this shit so much, but like I said, it's something I, I deeply care about. Uh, I'm getting more excited about it all the time. I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to ever get famous doing this, but I think, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I have what it takes to get good at it. That's really all I care about. I don't care about, you know, I, I actually kind of am afraid of getting too famous. I don't really like the idea of that. I'm scared I'll get Justin Roiland or some angry lady who doesn't like me. This thinks she can ruin my life with some bullshit. Um, maybe it's not bullshit with Justin Roiland. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a lot of pressure that comes with a high profile that I don't know that I necessarily want but I do want the ability to spin a yarn and tell a joke, maybe even make people feel things and do things that are a little bit higher level than just, eh, you know, eh, poking the bear. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's really all I've got to say about that. Um, to be, if I'm going to be Forrest Gump about it, um, speaking of Forrest Gump type individuals, the big news story of this week that's come out. I'm going to do it guys. I'm going to, I'm going to get political. I I haven't really liked to talk about politics in a very long time, but God damn it. This is big news. 
Trump is fucking back, baby. Trump is back in the news. Comedy is saved, everybody. I know I just went on a big tear about comedy and why we need more people into it, but I think with Trump back, I think it's just inevitable. Things are going to get good again. Things are going to be nice. People are going to be happy. We're going to make Chattanooga comedy great again. Actually, I want to say it was great, more great during the Obama years. I might, I think the Trump might have been the beginning of the end, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, but what I'm, the point I'm trying to bring up is, is uh, there's a couple Trump news tidbits that I think are pretty interesting. The obvious one you guys are probably aware of is, uh, as of Wednesday, uh, you know, at the beginning of this week, I think Monday it came out. He said he expected to be arrested on Tuesday. Well, Tuesday came and went. It's now Wednesday. I haven't looked at my phone since I started recording, but as of before pressing record, he hadn't been arrested yet. Doesn't look like it's going to happen tonight. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. But I, I, you know, as much as I would be rad as hell to see, you know, someone so rich and powerful get knocked down a peg. Um, I just don't have faith anymore that there's justice in the world and that that would ever happen. Um, so I'm really just not expecting to see anything go down like that, but I do think it's funny how he's definitely ready for it. He's talked about how he'll turn himself in. He's talking about how, uh, he wants people to protest, which is a wild fucking thing to say. Um, considering, you know, what happened last time he asked people to protest, but yeah, man, it's especially people who already think there's a conspiracy and think that this is all set up that, you know, definitely think that Trump's being imprisoned for nothing. He did wrong. All he did was bang a porn star and then paid her hush money with campaign finance money and not his own pocket money. But, you know, that's not that's not a big deal. You still be a Christian and do that. Um, speaking of Christians, I think it's very Christian of him to <laughs> Try and I, you know, because obviously it's it's setting the stage for something. It's cutting himself off at the pass. It's like it's like not just Christians, but any kind of like you know doomsday cult. Because I would count Christianity as a doomsday cult. It's a big part of the book. Uh, but there's always every doomsday cult. Always they say the end is coming, and before the end comes, people are going to tell you a lot of stupid bullshit that isn't true, and they're going to try and discredit me and discredit my name. And make me look like a chump. But I want you to know that I see it all ahead of time. I'm playing 4D chess. So I know that the world is going to end on February 14th. That's Valentine's Day, 2021. Oops, I'm sorry. It didn't happen then. Um, well, let's, we'll, we'll it's actually going to be September 11th, 2022. No, it didn't happen there either. Fuck. Okay. Um, let's see. I think the world is probably going to end very soon. So um, go ahead and let's have sex. That's what we do in cults, especially doomsday ones. Let's have sex with me, the, the preacher, the smart guy. Um, let's take all your earthly belongings. You're not going to need them for much longer anyway. So let's go ahead and give them to me. And that way they're here. Uh, that's smart, you know. And, uh, you know, don't worry, guys, but the end is coming. They're coming for me. 
And also, DeSantis is a gay pedophile. That, I think, is the big news story right now, is that Trump is really and truly back. Because <laughs> he had already called, tried to insinuate that DeSantis was a pedophile before. Um, but <laughs> now it's a gay pedophile, which is just some schoolyard bullying at its finest, if I, don't, if I do say so myself. Uh, I can't do a good Trump impression, but I may try here. It's a, uh, you know, DeSantis, uh, eh, I don't know this. I, I would never say this. I would never say it about anybody. But, uh, you know, I, I've heard people say that he's a gay pedophile. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of shit he does. He's like, I'm not going to outright call him that, but I'm going to. It's It's what Chris Rock did to Will Smith. It's like, listen, I'm not saying Will Smith is a bitch. Even though I've heard a lot of people say that he's a bitch, I think that's inappropriate. You shouldn't call Will Smith a bitch, but I think that uh, you know a lot of people are saying it, and that's something. You know, that's that's very Trump esque, and I think that's pretty fucking funny. And <laughs> whenever he does that, and just calling calling someone who's a, a pretty, you know, <laughs> I mean, DeSantis, say what you want about DeSantis, and trust me, if he continues to be a force that I have to deal with in my daily news life. I will say quite a bit about DeSantis, but, uh, you know, I don't think he's a gay pedophile, although it would be fucking hilarious if you, well, again, not for the sake of the victims. I don't think, I don't want there to be victims. So for everyone's sake, for all the little boys sake, I hope DeSantis is not a gay pedophile, but if he is, it's not my fault. So I should still get to laugh at that. Is all I'm saying. I think that uh, that would be very, very funny. <laughs> if, if it was just like, yeah, heard a rumor. <laughs> He's a gay pedophile. What? Actually, yeah, look at his hard drive. He's like, oh, shit. He is a gay pedophile. What the fuck? Anyway, I said that word a bunch. YouTube's not going to like it. It's here at the end of the episode, though. If they listen to a whole hour and they're like, hey, you said gay pedophile quite a bit. I'm just saying what Trump said. Allegedly, allegedly said. It was like on a on, on a, a truth is what they call it because it's on Truth Social. So when you post one, they call it a truth, even if you're just like, yeah, it's it's clever because you could just say, yeah, I heard that DeSantis is a gay pedophile. Yeah, it's a truth. Do you see the truth? Where <laughs> DeSantis is a gay pedophile? Uh, what a world we live in, folks. Oh yeah, and speaking of doomsday cults, that is also relevant to you know Far Cry Five, which I'm playing, which is pretty pretty fun. Um, folks, that's our show. Um, don't be a gay pedophile. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I don't know if. I guess let's hope Trump goes to jail. I mean, that's also would be kind of funny. I think. I mean, I I'm all for that. I don't know, like. I don't know much about the specifics of why or what kind of, you know, case they have against them or anything like that. I've heard a lot of different things from a lot of different people as you tend to do. Um, but anyway, that's about as political as I want to get. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's, it's another, I mean, I feel pretty good about this episode. I know I just rambled on here and I know there's going to be a lot of edits made. So this is going to be really choppy, but you know, it needs to be done. Uh, let's get back on the plugs. It's uh, iansharpcomedy.com. That's just the easiest way to find everything. Uh, go add me on social media. Join my Discord. Buy, buy a t-shirt. Uh, join my Patreon. I think I forgot to plug the Patreon. Holy shit. Patreon.com slash boomer memes. 
You can support the show, guys. Buck a month. You won't even miss it. I had one of my patrons come up to me. I may have said this last time, but it, it's still important. And asked me if they were still on my list of followers. And I said, absolutely, you are. And they said, well, I didn't think so because I didn't notice it come out. And I'm like, it's first of the month. It should get billed for it. A dollar. And, uh, you know, I was right. I was, I feel vindicated. They didn't remember whether or not they'd gotten charged for my, but I got the money. I cashed it out already, you know? So that's what I'm saying. All of you can be like that person. You can just, you know, you listen to the show. I see the numbers to a certain degree. So I know there's people listening. I want this show to be great guys. I did get a new bookshelf. Um, I, I was able to do that. So this room is going to be video ready a lot sooner than I thought. Um, I'm probably going to get another camera soonish. So we are getting closer to a real legit production guys. Um, but any help you can do to, to speed that along um, and help, you know, content grow again, if I can hit a goal of making a thousand dollars a month, that's enough money to where I could, well, let's now say, because inflation, when I started saying a thousand a month, that was pretty true, but I think my rent's gone up and with inflation and everything, let's say 1500. I know it's, I'm, I'm adding 50% to it, but some of you guys will back it like the lower, like the $3 level or something, whatever you want to do. Wait, there's tiers. You can go like one, three, five, or 10, I think. So. Uh, you can go as high as you want. It's, it's you know, If you're getting, you decide what value you're getting out of this show. If you're listening to it every week and you're not paying me anything, I don't, I don't like what, you know, I pay for all the podcasts I listen to. That's a lie. I don't do that, but I do pay for the ones that I believe in that I want to see keep going. So if you believe in this, you want to see it keep going that please give me fucking money, you know? Uh, and then maybe when I can prove that I've got like a big audience, then I can get sponsorships and I don't have to beg quite as hard, but right now hand, you know, hat in hand, baby. Um, so yeah, like I said, ian patreon.com slash boomer memes, March 29th. That's a Wednesday. Jack Brown's I'm doing metal bingo. It'll be a fun time. Um, April 20th TBA, but you know what day that is. It's going to be fun. I think it's a Thursday, so it will compete with the JJ's. So that is telling you that, that I, I'm not going to be at JJ's that night. But should be a good time. And May 6th. May 6th at the Dark Roast. This is a... I haven't decided if I want to say Boomer Memes Presents. Um, I think that's probably the way to go. That way it's like feeding attention back to this show. But... Um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do it big. It's, it's lineups coming together. It's looking really good. I'm really excited about it. I, um, I, you know, I'm going to try and get some good tape so I can start posting them clips, <laughs> you know, not my best ones, but pretty good ones. And, uh, yeah, I, I, thanks again for listening. This is uh, always a fun time. Um, this is Boomer Memes. I'm Ian Sharp and we'll see you later. Later.